Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union with two locations in Mankato since 1934. It pays to bank where your part owner member NCUA more at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org. And we have our Every Day is Earth Day segment. Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union with two locations in Mankato since 1934. It pays to bank where your part owner member NCUA. More at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org. And this morning's guest, we are going to be talking about battery storage. The interest in battery storage is surging as electric utilities are requiring baseload power plants that burn coal or gas, and they add more wind and solar. And earlier this year, the state lawmakers passed a bill setting a 2040 deadline for Minnesota's electric utilities to transition to carbon-free sources of power. And Governor Tim Waltz signed the bill into law in February. So Xcel Energy is going to be retiring uh, all three of its coal burning units, and uh, they are going to be going to getting some battery storage. And so, with me today, I've got the vice president of regulatory at XL Energy. Her name is Bria Shea. Good morning, Bria. Good morning, Karen. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's great to have you on there. You know, we've been talking about this for a while, and you know, this is one of the downsides that people say it's of the energy, such as solar and wind. It's like, well, what if it's not? blowing what if the sun's not shining what do you do then and it's the storage issue that's been a part that's been making people hesitant to say how reliable is it and now you're working to deal with that well that's exactly exactly right karen we we definitely view storage as helping bridge that reliability uh the reliability assurance and and just as you exactly mentioned in your opening about the state's goals Excel Energy has a company-wide vision to provide our customers in all of our states with 100% carbon-free electricity by 2050. That, of course, aligns with the state's goals uh, to provide 100% carbon-free energy by 2040. Um, And we recognize that advanced technology like storage will play a critical role in helping us eliminate these remaining carbon emissions while keeping safe, affordable, and reliable service, Um, especially, as you mentioned, when renewable energy output is low. And so with that in mind, we recently proposed a 100-hour multi-day energy storage system uh, partnering with Form Energy, who's got a cutting-edge iron-air battery storage technology. Uh, And this technology will give us the ability to store energy, which will help us manage the variability in how much energy our renewable sources are generating, which can sometimes last for multiple days. And again, we will do this without compromising uh, reliability or cost. Now you say 100 hours, does that mean it holds energy for 100 hours and that's it? Or I, I guess I'm not clear what exactly that number means. Sure. It means, it's a great question. It means it can dispatch um, electricity for 100 hours. So to put that in context, um, it's it's a 10 megawatt, 100 hour duration battery. And we have a 10,000 megawatt system. So it is it is small, but it can power about 2,000 homes for four or five days. Okay. And beyond that, well, then I guess you're out of luck. <laughs> well, we do. So again, this is this is a demonstration project. So okay. We're using this as an opportunity to deploy 
um, just on a small scale, look how it can best serve our customers and communities, and then certainly looking for opportunities for larger projects in the future. In the meantime, of course, we still have all the um, resources we've got right now, which include our nuclear units, our gas units that can also fulfill similar needs. So again, we're looking for a diverse generation mix that can continue to including wind and solar, of course, to continue to serve our customers' needs 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So no, nobody will be out of luck. <laughs> okay. This is just a small demonstration project that, that's a nice match to the other existing resources on our system that we hope to learn from and, um, again, hopefully deploy uh, on a greater scale down the road. What percentage of energy is supplied by Excel to across Minnesota? I mean, how many people do you serve compared with those other smaller uh, organizations yeah, that's a good point. We serve a little over a million electric customers in um, in Minnesota. We are the largest uh, utility provider in Minnesota. The, the balance is other utilities or co-ops um, or municipal utilities. And it says you are planning, XL plans to retire all of your three coal-burning units at the Sherco plant, which is in Becker, by 2030. And uh, this spring, you're starting construction on the 460-megawatt solar project adjacent to that plant. Tell us a little bit about shutting down those coal-burning units and how they're being replaced in terms of the energy they yeah. provide. Yeah, sure. It's a great question, um, and and that's exactly right. We do plan to retire those three units by 2030, um, starting with the Sherco Unit 2 here in 2024, um, and so one of the, the main efforts that we're looking at right now to replace those units is building the largest solar project in the upper Midwest. It's 460 megawatts, um, and it is currently under construction. It will be in service by the end of 2025. Uh, it will support the creation of approximately 900 union construction jobs and will bring about $240 million in local benefits to the Becker community um, which includes landowner payments and state and local taxes. This is really important to us as we are transitioning um, through this energy transition and making sure that we are bringing these great partners and host communities that we've worked with for so long and have supported these coal plants and other generation units for so long that as we retire these units, we're looking for partnership opportunities to continue to bring tax revenue, jobs, investment to those communities. and. Sherco Solar is one of those great examples. This form battery storage project is another. Um, and, and we're continuing to look for all those opportunities for these these great partner communities that have been with us for so long. So you have this new giant solar array and you're going to need a place to, like you mentioned, this pilot project is going to show how you can store some of that solar energy for use at a later time. Now, it's installing a battery storage system. And that is, it says it's something called, um, was it? Iron Air, did I say that right? Yeah, Iron yeah. Air Battery System. What is an Iron Air Battery System? I'm not familiar with that. <laughs> well, not many are, and I shouldn't note this, Karen. I'm an attorney, not an uh, <laughs> engineer, so I'll tell you what I understand about it, which is, is hopefully helpful. But it is, uh, it's, first of all, it's a cutting-edge technology, so again, not many are familiar with it. But it is based on a process called reversible rusting. So basically, the battery rusts and unrusts. So oh. the charged battery provides energy to the grid by taking oxygen from the air and converting iron to rust, rust. And then to charge the battery, it reverses that process, and they, they use electrical current to convert the rust back to iron and put out oxygen. So it's it's quite complicated, but it is really, um, it's, it's, yeah, again, a rusting process 
that um, allows it to store <clears throat> energy. So the, the first thing I would wonder, I hear rusting and I think, oh, it's rusting. It's going to make a, a mess. You're going to have... Uh, debris left over, you know, like we've had issues with other times with, you know, where do you store nuclear waste, et cetera. Is this going to be the kind of thing with these iron air batteries where you're going to store this waste, which I assume isn't probably good for the environment, or is it somehow self-contained that you don't have a problem? Yeah, thanks. It's a great question. No, it is. It will nothing be outside of these environmentally contained canisters. Um, so it is entirely safe. It's one, <clears throat> three, one of three really great benefits about this technology is the safety. It's non-flammable. It doesn't use any heavy metals. And um, everything is self-contained in that process there. <clears throat> um, another benefit is it's scalable. It, it can use materi- materials available at the global scale, not rare earth iron elements. Um, and it's also modular. It can be sited anywhere on the grid. Um, it, the, the units are basically like a washing machine and a dryer next to each other. And then we put those all, however, the size of the project, you stack them on top of each other to the size that you need. So um, really modular and scalable and, again, most importantly, safe. <clears throat> it seems to me with lithium batteries, one of the concerns was using some of those rare minerals or elements that they uh, require. And you're saying this does not require that sort of thing? That is correct. That is correct. It uses um, it uses iron, which again has a, a big benefit because not only is it readily available, but also a, a benefit for Minnesota. From our view, is that since most of the iron mining in the U.S. comes from Minnesota, we think this has future benefits for um, the economy and industry in Minnesota as well. Of course, then you're going to say people say, "Well, mining that's that's a hazard to the environment." So, what do you do to mitigate that? Yeah, it's a good question, and it's a balance, right, of moving as we go through this energy transition and looking at decarbonization efforts and what that requires. And I think there's no one right answer. It's probably a mix of all of these efforts between, um, you know, different elements, also considering jobs that are here in Minnesota. So I think it's a balance, and it's something we've, we've got our eye on for sure. Okay, and but it's a pilot project, which is kind of interesting. Has this been done elsewhere in the United States? You, you know, you mentioned it's here in Minnesota. It's a, a new thing, but elsewhere, have they tried this before? Um, to my knowledge, we are the first partner. We, we certainly are the first utility in Minnesota who are in service state is the earliest. There is another utility in Minnesota who's got a similar project at a smaller scale with a, a later in service state. But yeah, we are one of the first um, actually to be rolling this out in the United States. So it's developed by a Boston-based organization called the uh, Boston-based Form Energy. Is this their technology that they've created there and that we're, we're buying it from them essentially or was it how yes, was it, it created is, it is their technology yep that's that's right it is their technology and we are partnering with them to uh, implement this demonstration project but Excel Energy will own and maintain it okay and so what will this look like I mean is it I've seen solar solar farms cover a lot of acres. Is this going to be something that covers a large area? I mean, you mentioned they're like washer-dryers stacked on top of each other. I'm just trying to picture what something like this would look like. Sure. Yeah, so like I said, each individual battery module is about the size of a washer-dryer set. So then they get grouped together. And then depending upon the system size, tens to hundreds of these will be connected to the grid. Um, more specifically for our Sherco site, um, it will have hundreds of these environmentally safe storage enclosures, and it will take about five acres, again, on the land that we've got 
um, there at the plant already. But we do anticipate that this would be about five acres there. And this is up by Becker, Minnesota again? Correct. Yep. All right. And another thing I see that Breakthrough Energy Catalyst is going to be committing $20 million in grant funding for these projects. And uh, the funding platform is part of a company started by Microsoft co-founder Bill Gates. And it invests in emerging technologies to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Do you know how much this reduces those emissions at all? Is it, I mean, how significant is its imprint? Sure. Well, just for context, so right now, um, for instance, when we if we don't have storage, we are relying on other firm dispatchable resources when, for instance, the wind isn't blowing or the sun isn't shining. Um, and so generally those other firm dispatchable resources beyond nuclear or coal would be gas. Mm -hmm. And so to the extent we are able to use storage, uh, which is carbon-free if you're using either this proposed technology or, for instance, you're charging it from renewables, then that would be carbon-free and you're offsetting those gas units. So it depends on the size and scale of of what you're actually offsetting, but Eventually, hopefully, storage is a major player in um, firm dispatchable resources and serving the grid when we don't have those those other resources available. So it would be a significant contributor to reducing uh, greenhouse gases in, in overall. And looking down the line, this is a pilot project. So has it actually started? Is it being built yet? Is it just an idea and you're getting this new uh, influx of money to start doing something or are you already in process? Sure. Um, so we, as a regulated utility, we need to get approval from the Minnesota Public Utilities Commission. So we started that filing process about two months ago. So it is under consideration in the regulatory review process. We expect that this will take uh, several months here to get a commission decision. Um, and pending the approval of that project, we would expect to begin construction in 2024 and have the project operational and serving our customers as early as 20. And then how long does something like this last? I mean, you know, they I've heard that solar panels have a life t- of 25 to 30 years or something like that. So does this air iron air battery system have a, a projected lifetime, uh, I guess, limit? Yeah, we are right now assuming that this has a 10-year life. So okay. obviously, as we um, start to get the project in service and learn more about it, we'll Um, evaluate as we go. But right now we assume that it has at least a 10 year life. And then what happens? Does do you rebuild? Do you assess? Yep. So at at the end of that 10 year life, that's exactly what we'll do. We'll reassess. Is there, could we, um, depending upon how operations and maintenance has gone over the years and, um, you know, what the current system condition is, we would either retire it at that point or for potentially repower it um, and either build onto it or reinvest in it. But that's something that consistent what we do with all of our generating resources at this point is evaluate as time goes on with what's the best interest for our, our customers and the system. Will customers notice any change? I mean, will this will they actually notice anything physically different, whether it's the price they pay, whether it's the quality or reliability of energy, or won't they really notice anything specific? 
I, I'd say, um, you know, with the, the contribution right now of this, um, the size of it being 10 megawatts on our 10,000 megawatt system, probably not. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, again, this is a demonstration project that we hope to roll out um, more broadly, whether this exact technology or just storage in general, and certainly uh, carbon emissions will be reduced. And, uh, and they'll continue to enjoy reliable service from us. So I think probably no, no, no change from us is a good thing, and that's fully what we would expect uh, customers would continue to see. And certainly, you mentioned price, too. Um, we've made a lot of efforts to continue to make sure that this is a cost-effective project that benefits customers, including taking advantage of the grants that you mentioned, tax credits, um, we're also looking at a competitive grant to the Department of Energy. So certainly also don't expect customers to um, to see any price increases because of this investment. You mentioned that it's it's a process that you need approvals and that sort of thing. Is the environmental issue the, the biggest roadblock? Like you have, you have to have an environmental assessment like a lot of things do to say, you know, I know it's it's good for carbon reduction, but then they'll say, well, what about the p- potential waste or other things? Is that your biggest obstacle or what would you say is? It's a good question. As with any uh, proposal that we make to the commission, it's all about balance, right? Mm-hmm. If we're choosing this project or this generation resource, or this resource, and we're not choosing another one. So that's really what we're weighing here. Is this the, the resource we should be looking at for our customers? Or is it, for instance, some other breaking edge technology? Or is it a gas plant? Or is it so that's really where where multiple opinions come in from stakeholders is whether they'll think that this is a good investment, this technology, or it should be something else for our customers. So I would imagine it's that, uh, and, and we're still early enough in the process that I don't have an idea of where other stakeholders sit, so I haven't seen anything yet, but I imagine it's going to be uh, that weighing of which resource is it that we should be investing in for our customers and whether people agree that this, this technology is it. Well, what are other options for storing uh, solar wind power for future use besides this? I mean, this is an iron air battery system. What other things are there out there? I guess I'm not aware of any. Yeah, the main um, other commercially available technology for storing electricity is lithium-ion batteries, and the general availability of that is in eight-hour increments. So clearly, the duration of our proposal and output is far greater than anything available from lithium-ion, again, comparing eight hours to 100 hours. And that 100-hour availability is really important to ensure the reliability during any times of um, extended renewable energy, call it droughts, when there's several days when the sun isn't shining or the wind isn't blowing. Um, and then the, the second big difference between the, the proposal here and lithium-ion is that technology It's based on iron, again, which is extremely pre- prevalent mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to rare earth elements. So those are the two big difference between this and the lithium-ion batteries, which, again, is the most common um, storage that's available right now. Because this is uh, an innovative and new technology, are you working with any universities or institutes of higher education to work with you know, potential engineers or folks that might have this as part of what we look into for possible other ideas? 
Sure. Yeah, we we do have several partners with with um, universe partnerships. Sorry, with universities and other learning institutions to share knowledge, gain knowledge, and and work together. Um, I would say that our partnership here um, with Forum is exactly that. They are the experts. They've developed this, and then of course we've got many engineers on staff who will work to this, and we will work to share the learnings and knowledge we get from this project so that others can use um, what we've learned and hopefully support the broader uh, emerging technology um, evolution as we work through this. So certainly partnership and information sharing in a variety of industry groups and discussions that we partnership with um, as we move towards our 2040 goal. This, this emerging technology use is, is critically important, and we work better together with others and certainly do so as, as much as possible. Well, Bria, this question I don't know if you can answer because maybe you're not an engineer, obviously, but is this type, you mentioned it's, it's a lot more efficient in terms of it can last longer than the lithium-ion batteries. So is this something that maybe cross for benefiting electric cars or things like that, you know, that they can store energy longer, or is that a way off? Do you have any idea if that's a transferable type technology even? That is a great question, and I do not know the okay. answer to that. Because it seems to me if, if you're talking you can store 100 hours worth of energy in this type of battery versus, you know, the, the ion one, which don't last as long, I'm just wondering if, if it would be a, a something uh, possibly in the future. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a great question, I am, and I'll, I'll look into it after I get off the phone here with you. I'll probably have to find an engineer to, to answer that. So. <laughs> what other things are Excel doing to, to meet the uh, 2040 deadline for the electric utilities to transition to carbon-free sources of power? Are there any other things? You know, this is one example. Sure. Yeah, well, as you mentioned, we are retiring our coal plants up at Shergo. We also are retiring our coal plant over um, in Oak Park Heights called King. Uh, that will come offline in 2028. And to continue using that grid infrastructure that is both at Shergo and at King, um, we are building out significant infrastructure in transmission lines and renewables to continue the stability of the grid, ensure reliable service for our customers at a cost-effective price. So uh, building significant transmission out, which carries the energy across long distances. Uh, we're also building thousands of megawatts of solar, uh, including that Sherco Solar Project that we discussed before, thousands of megawatts of wind. Uh, we are also planning to extend both of our nuclear uh, plants, which are located um, we've got three nuclear plants at two different sites, and um, those are critical to their carbon-free resources that serve a significant part of our Minnesota customer base here. So um, those all contribute to the steps Excel Energy is taking to making sure we can continue to serve our customers affordably and reliably, um, in addition to exploring advanced technology like this. Um, the storage that we're talking about here today. We're talking with Bria Shea, who is the Vice President of Regulatory at the XL Energy here in Minnesota, talking about this this new uh, battery storage proposal that they've got and in uh, new new ways called the Iron Air Battery Project. And it's a pilot project, as you mentioned, so it'll be interesting to see how things work out. And do you know of anybody else who's considering this at this time? 
I do know that one other utility in Minnesota is considering okay. this, but I would largely say that this it is fairly unique that there's two utilities in Minnesota, and I think that probably speaks to Minnesota's um, policy goals and um, environmental goals. So it's pretty unique that we're two of the um, two of the utilities in the United States, both here in Minnesota, because we're definitely definitely at the the edge here. Um, but again, I think there's a strong policy um, and environmental consideration here, both for Xcel Energy as well as the state. So um, it'll be interested to interesting to see how these pilot projects work out for for all of us. Now, here in Minnesota, we suffer from the cold, as you obviously know. Is this something that seems to be a good fit with our cold weather, having these iron air battery uh, systems? You know, no conflicts because a lot of times you hear batteries die. Or, a lot easily, more easily in the cold. So is this something that obviously yeah. overcomes that? or? Yeah, no, that's also a great question. The operating temperature for this investment is approximately negative 40 degrees oh. to 120, 22 degrees Fahrenheit. So wow. it's very consistent with the expected annual temperature ranges for Minnesota. Okay. So, yep, certainly consistent and um, incompatible with <laughs> even probably more than some of us are with Minnesota's uh, <laughs> wide temperature ranges. Well, thank you so much, uh, Bria. We appreciate you telling us a little bit about this project, and we'll follow along and let us know as things progress and how things are going. Yeah, thanks so much for having me here, Karen. I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you and share with you some of the exciting things that Excel's doing. So thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah, you too. Bye. We're talking with Bria Shea there of the Excel Energy Company about their new technology that they're going to be trying is store, uh, using batteries to store solar wind power, and they are called the Iron Air Battery. And it's been about a part of Earth Day, or it, this has been a part of Every Day is Earth Day, supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union with two locations in Mankato since 1934. It pays to bank where you're part owner. Member NCUA, more at mnvalleyfcu.coop and Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. You can find out more at smcleanenergy.org. Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union with two locations in Mankato since 1934. It pays to bank where your part owner member NCUA more at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org.